everyone, it's King Kyrie here at the Age of the Millennial, and this particular podcast, I'm going to be talking about self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, in my earlier podcast with the teachers, we sort of touched on this, and I promised that I would be making, you know, a more full podcast about it, and that's what I'm doing now. Um, I think the idea of self-fulfilling prophecy is very important, and it's something that most people don't think about. Uh, for those of you who don't know what it is, it's kind of a, um, a hard uh, definition to um, understand if you've never heard it before. But I'm going to give some examples after I finish defining it. So self-fulfilling prophecy is the idea that your beliefs about an individual, an organization, or anything in general is correct. And so you go out of your way to prove those opinions and beliefs correct. And that is what self-fulfilling prophecy is. Now... To further clarify, let's give an example. You have boss man Jerry, who firmly believes that men are superior to women. He is sexist, and he doesn't believe that women can carry as much as a man can, women can't think as quickly as a man can, and so what he does when he is interviewing two candidates, he's got um, Bill and he's got Linda. For Bill, he gives Bill a regular test. But for Linda, goes out of his way to ask her to lift something he knows that he himself can't lift. And he goes out of his way and gives her an assignment that he himself cannot do. And so in his mind, he's being fair. He's giving them both a test. But he doesn't believe that Linda, as a woman, can do what a man can do, even though the test he gave her is harder than the one he gave Bill. And so in his mind... He's like, women are too weak to do this job and gives her something that he himself cannot lift. And that right there is self-fulfilling prophecy. He wanted to prove himself correct. And so he ends up giving her a task that would she that he knew on some level that she was going to fail. That he, if he had given that job to Bill, Bill himself might have failed. That is self-fulfilling prophecy. That is more in your face. You know, things like that, of course, may not happen so blatantly, but that's sort of what self-fulfilling prophecy is. Why is this important? Because in this age, in the age of the social, in the age of cancel culture, in the age of bipartisanship, you've got so many people out there searching frantically for their individual beliefs to be upheld about a certain individual, about a certain group, about a certain thing. If you are of the mind that, you know, discount tire is better than bell tire for whatever reason, and you go and you buy two tires at discount tire and two tires at bell tire, but you make sure you buy the cheapest fucking tires you can at bell tire, and what do you know, the ones you got at bell tire, they, 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 they popped first, I mean, they're supposed to last longer but they're the cheaper ones and so they pop first and then you complain because you paid for the warranty but the warranty expired but if you went to discount tire the warranty lasts longer and is that something that you can blame discount tire for or or blame bell tire for not necessarily but you do it anyway just to prove your point when you have to do those things to prove your point you have to take a step back and say hey am i doing the right thing Or am I trying to prove myself correct by putting myself in a situation 
that I know for a fact is going to prove my point correct. Because that's a fallacy. That isn't real. When it comes to self-fulfilling prophecy, the reason why I brought this up in the first place as I was teaching was because the uh, position that I had filled was because the teacher had passed. And I, I, I felt horrible. They had a um, in-school sub who was taking over the class. And, you know, they needed him to do his other duties. So when they finally got me into the building and he was able to leave, the kids did not like that. I was their third teacher in less than four and a half months. And that can be traumatizing to some kids, especially if, for whatever reason, um, they have abandonment issues or they have issues, you know, building relationships in the first place. So here I come in, someone that they've never known, and quite a few of them thought that they would, you know, try and break me. Little did they know. I'm, I'm not going to say much on that subject, but I don't take being disrespected, whether it's by a little person or a, a big person. Age does not matter. I don't take being disrespected. But I was killing those kids with kindness. And one day, I had just, you know, had enough and decided that I was going to teach them a lesson about self-fulfilling prophecy. And I had a scenario built in my head. And I put it on the board. I had everyone come in and sit down. It's like, okay, kids, let's, let's talk for a minute. We're not doing any math. I know you guys love doing math. Let's go ahead and talk about self-fulfilling prophecy. And of course, none of them knew what it meant. None of them in any of my classes knew what it meant. And so I was like, you know what? That's fine. Let's go ahead and talk about it. So we've got a bunch of people in this group that have this idea about a speaker coming in to talk to them about something they don't really care much about. And so while the speaker is speaking, they boo and they jeer and they make fun of the speaker. They call the speaker names. They talk about the speaker while the speaker is speaking. Is that funny? And some of them are like, no, that's, that's rude. I'm like, yeah, it is rude. In their mind, the speaker is an outsider who does not belong there. And so they treat that speaker like crap. Is that fair? No, it's not fair. It's not fair at all. I was like, how would y'all feel if y'all were the speaker? And they were like, I would cuss those people out. I would want to fight. And they, they were being really, really, you know, honest with their answers. You know, some of them, I would cuss them out. Some of them, I'd get my brother. Some of them was like, I would just walk away. I was like, okay, so now you know that. Now, let's translate that to real life and self-fulfilling prophecy. I am the speaker coming in to talk to you guys every day, preparing y'all's lessons and having y'all constantly interrupt me, interrupt each other, yell at me, yell at each other, threaten me, threaten each other. How's that supposed to make me feel? And then they all got real fucking quiet because they knew at that moment what I was talking about. And some of them would smile and some of them was like, some of them who never mistreated me and never mistreated each other like ooh, he's gonna get y'all because they knew exactly at that moment where I was going they didn't like the way that they were being treated 
in their minds, I was the enemy. They didn't like that I was coming in there and just doing my job. And so they went out of their way to treat me like garbage and turn me into the bad guy so I could re- they could reinforce and reaffirm in themselves that I am, in fact, the bad guy. And I brought that up to them, too. Y'all, and I would say this to them, y'all want me to be the bad guy. And y'all don't like when I yell. Y'all don't like when I have to stop and I send y'all out to go to uh, detention or write you up or call home. But some of y'all come in here and y'all have got that look on your face or y'all have got that itch that you just need scratching and you interrupt and you cause mayhem on purpose and you smile when you do it. You enjoy the attention. And I, and I tell them, I do apologize, but this is not the way to do it. And so y'all want me to be the bad guy. So y'all go out of y'all's way to mistreat me. So that way I have to become the bad guy. As the new person joining the group, as the speaker joining the group to talk to y'all about something that y'all don't care about, that y'all don't like, y'all are going to go out of y'all's way to make sure I don't feel welcome. And that is why I have to do what I do as far as stopping the class to correct all this bad behavior. And every single class understood where I was coming from. And they had a better understanding of self-fulfilling prophecy because they knew that I was right. They knew that they didn't want me there only because they didn't want me there and no other reason. They had no reason not to want to trust me. But for whatever reason, I was the outsider. And so I had to come in and I had to gain a lot of their trust. After that... I noticed the behaviors change drastically, but it takes some sort of self-realization of what you yourself are doing within a given situation to a particular person or group to understand that what you may be doing is wrong. And when it comes to self-fulfilling prophecy, when it comes to these generalizations about individuals, about groups, it's something that needs to be understood that you cannot hold these beliefs and expect them to all be true because if you're right all the time and everyone's always wrong would that technically make you like a deity a god and no one is perfect I highly recommend when it comes to self-fulfilling prophecy and generalization in general to question yourself Are you doing the right thing? Am I part of the problem? When I see a black man walking in my store, or in a store in general, am I going to follow him until I see him steal, hoping to fulfill my own self-fulfilling prophecy and beliefs that black men are thieves? It's those kinds of things that need to be addressed because I feel like self-fulfilling prophecy has turned this nation into a very, very bad place to live because all these general generalizations that we believe, all these preconceived notions that we believe about individuals and minority groups have, they seep their way into the media. They've seeped their ways into music. They've seeped them way, their ways into colleges and things like that. And it just blows my mind how everyone's so quick to believe all of this stuff. 
it's sad. And it honestly, in my opinion, needs to stop. Self-fulfilling prophecy is very, very dangerous. If you don't know or if you claim that you've never committed that act, first off, if you've ever been a child, which most of you have, you have completed self-fulfilling prophecy in one form or another. And just go back and think about it. Think about it. Because I can admit here sitting now that I have um, committed self-fulfilling prophecy several times as a child. Growing up from uh, when I was in an orchestra, I loved it. I played uh, violin throughout middle school. And when I got to high school, the style of my orchestra teachers was totally different. And so I went out of my way to be a contrarian and talk about the things that we couldn't do. Um, and when it came time to actually perform, um, I was always down on everyone saying, you know, this is not going to work. That's not going to work. Uh, did it work? Not really, but I was trying to fulfill my own prophecy and get everyone down. I was trying to drag the entire orchestra down. And as a freshman, I was like, I can't do that. I, I had enough, you know, self-awareness that I took myself out of orchestra for my uh, sophomore or half of my sophomore year and, you know, had to restart, had to come back. But I was really negative and to be quite honest, it was because I missed uh, my other orchestra teacher. And so I had to take time and realize that she was gone or not, you know, gone, gone, but I was, you know, older and I was never going back to work with her again. So that I needed to just boom, get over that fact. But I tried to uh, complete self-fulfilling prophecy. And in many ways I did stating that we couldn't do it because, and I I tried to justify it because Miss Garcia wasn't there because Miss Garcia would have made better decisions than Miss Robichaux, who was the current um, high school um, orchestra teacher, and it just, it just made me feel bad, it made everyone else feel bad, and it tainted, dest- well, I'm not gonna say tainted, it destroyed the relationship I had with Miss Robichaux, because after that, even when I did come back, she didn't really like or trust me, and I don't blame her, I, I was a very problematic, um, orchestra kid, and I hate to, you know, throw this in there, but as the only black male, in all three of our orchestras, I was the most problematic. And so I really hate that because in, and she could have been, you know, fulfilling her own self-fulfilling prophecy when it comes to black guys playing in orchestra. I don't know. I could have made it harder for other black guys who came after me to go anywhere in her orchestra to play any solos or anything like that because she never would let me play a solo even if I sounded phenomenal and I I tested and because I was uh in middle school always first violin second chair never first but I was always first chair second violin I was wherever Miss Garcia needed me to be and I thoroughly enjoyed that with Miss Robichaux even when she made me uh first violin I was like why am I all the way back here like seriously and it really blew my mind because there are quite a few um, of my peers who ended up passing me and going up to the higher orchestra but she would never let me in and at first I hated her for it but thinking about it now of course I mean such negativity and like sabotage like self-sabotage and things like that um 
just to prove myself correct would have hurt the orchestra. So I don't blame her for not, you know, bumping me up. But I've always had compliments from the higher ups saying, you know, I've got great intonation. Why am I complimenting myself? That's not the point of this. The point is self-fulfilling prophecy, it really destroyed something in my life that I really, really enjoyed. I mean, to this day, I still listen to, you know, classical music. I listen to scores from uh, movies. I discovered Lindsay Sterling. If you don't know who that is, check her out. She's a fantastic violinist. And it bums me out that I, I still have my violin. And I'd love to, you know, get back into it. But I use self-fulfilling prophecy and I sabotage myself. And I hurt my dreams and I destroyed relationships to prove myself correct. And that's dangerous and it's sad. And we, we, we can't do that, you guys. This nation deserves so much better than that. So think about anything in your life. I challenge you. Think about anything in your life where you have, for whatever reason, predetermined the outcome. And think very, very hard. And be honest with yourself. You don't have to admit this to anyone. Just think about it. Have you ever, 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 ever sabotaged or manipulated a situation in the way that you wanted to get the outcome that you first thought or believed or you were so concerned was going to happen. If you are of that mind, how did that help you? How did that shape you? Did you grow from it? Or do you continue to do it on a daily basis? There's no shame in that, in continuing to do it and not knowing what you're doing. But if you're listening to this now, and for whatever reason you understand what it is I'm talking about, then you need to stop. I'm not saying physically stop, but in the grand scheme of things, think about what you're doing and then stop. If you can't quit cold turkey, which most people can't, um, I recommend, you know, taking some steps measuring it out, seeing the situation in its full scale for what it is and not what you want it to be. And that's the kicker. So many people, when it comes to self-fulfilling prophecy, are trying their best to manipulate things that they just have no control over. And when they end up doing that, when I ended up doing that, when people end up doing that, it ends up messing things up dramatically. It's like fucking with time. You see a situation and you want it to have a certain outcome, so you end up manipulating these certain variables and end up destroying shit for no reason. But anyway, let me uh, get off of here because here comes my brother walking past. I'm not sure if y'all could hear, but there he goes. (laughs) I hope you guys thought about what I said. I hope you enjoyed what I said. And if you know anyone who, for whatever reason, has an issue with self-fulfilling prophecy... Share this with them, but share in a way that doesn't seem like pointed or aggressive or abrasive because I care about people. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter race. It doesn't matter your abilities. It doesn't matter your gender. I care about you as a human being, and I, I, I cry sometimes thinking about the state of the world, and that is the reason why I have this podcast. That's the reason why I sort of say what I say, because I care, and hopefully with what I believe, 
if I do choose self-fulfilling prophecy in this particular moment where I believe that we as human humans and humanity in general can overcome the state of our world hopefully I can manipulate it in such a way that that's what happens because I need the world to change we need the world to change as millennials we're inheriting a dying earth and if self-fulfilling prophecy can hurt it maybe it can help but so far I've yet to see that anyway if you'd like to be a guest feel free to reach out to me, reach out to me uh, on Facebook it's Kyrie Turner on Facebook that is Kyrie Turner on Facebook it's early in the morning for me and I'm over here just shaking my head wishing I had some coffee <sighs> thinking about self-fulfilling prophecy and how it has done so much damage all right y'all Bye. Peace out for now.